We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Geico presents oh, yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi. So about the kitchen. Turns out when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here, and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Rotoviz Draft Series brought to you by the FFPC. I'm Blair Andrews. You can find me on Twitter at AmITheRealBlair. And with me today is Colm Kelly, who you can find at Overtime Ireland. Colm, how's it going? Doing good, Blair. Uh, looking forward to talking through some of the teams here as we get ready for the draft. It's uh, always an exciting time of year, so uh, delighted to be joining you on the show and uh, to talk some football. Yeah, definitely. Really excited. We got some interesting situations to go over. We're going to be talking today about the AFC South and the NFC South. Uh, so two kind of very uh, different divisions in terms of how the teams performed last season. But yeah, let's just jump right into it. First team is the Indianapolis Colts. They have the third pick in the 2018 draft. And it seems like apart from quarterback, they have holes to fill almost everywhere. They were one of the worst ranked pass defenses last year. So it seems like the defense should be one of their main priorities this offseason. Yep. Do you see that being the case, or do you think they might look to go elsewhere? I think um, defensively there's a lot of holes in this team. I think a lot of teams, when we look around the NFL with it moving 
I know, uh, you know, some of the stats last year wasn't as much of a pass-happy league as we've seen over the last kind of four or five years. But teams are uh, struggling defensively, and I think a lot of teams are going to look to upgrade. And when you try and upgrade with 32 teams uh, in the draft, you know, there's obviously a lot of teams that are going to miss out. So you have to prioritize what you're going to look for. And, you know, for years I've said on this team that the biggest issue has been the offensive line. They've kind of started to work a little bit. Uh, towards that with the new regime that's in place but i i still think that's a, a real area you know of issue you know you missed andrew luck for the entire of last season and jacoby Brissett was there for the majority of the season at the quarterback position but when you look at who you want to protect in this team if he comes back this year hopefully he will be back that is the main issue you know you talk about free agency the draft everything that is going on with this team the biggest issue for this team is the quarterback and can andrew luck who is the centerpiece of this team he is the face of the franchise can he get back and be healthy for 2018 and if he's back if he's healthy you need to really look at that offensive line again they really do need to improve at the right tackle position both guards uh, you know could be uh, made stronger they have jack muhart there he's a free agent and uh, you know we'll see if they sign him but they're going to need to really strengthen that position whether they do that through the draft or free agency you know sometimes we see teams try to go the undrafted free agent right at the the you know, offensive line position. I think it's a position that if you go in those first three rounds, you can really get key cornerstone pieces uh, for that line. And uh, I think with Andrew Luck, that is something that they have neglected for far too long. We've seen him get pretty much annihilated behind that line, even when he was healthy. And it obviously led to the situation they are in. Now they can do with help at the linebacker position as well. I think that's somewhere where they, they need to work on. That was a key area of weakness last year. And of course, you know, you mentioned the back end of that defense, uh, you know, the cornerback position. Rashid Melvin was uh, good last year as their top cornerback, but he is a free agent, and you know they had some promise there with Quincy Wilson. But it, it's somewhere that you know if Melvin does go, they're going to really, really need to, to move. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their players that are those impending free agents. And uh, then if you look as well with uh, you know the running back position with Frank Gore, the man that seems to never die, thirty-five this offseason, uh, and he is a, a free agent as well. So that's another area I think, and uh, I think when you look at this draft look at the priorities and the, the strength of the running back position. I think uh, Saquon Barkley could be a, an interesting pick there for them at that third position if they go that way. Oh, man, I really hope they don't just because I have so much exposure to Marlon <laughs> Mack. Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line. I forgot to mention at the outset they actually had the league's highest adjusted sack rate or they allowed the league's highest adjusted sack rate, which is a football outsider's metric that kind of measures offensive line and basically pass blocking, but uh, yeah, that's definitely a need for them, no matter who is their quarterback. I mean, we hope Andrew Luck can actually play in 2018, but, you know, even if not, they need to protect whoever's back there. Yeah, just on your on your side of things with, uh, you know, I mentioned, obviously, people look at the start of the draft, the running back position. I think that would be personally a terrible decision for the Colts <laughs> to go that way when you have Andrew Luck, who is, you know, such an important player. Get him back healthy as the key, as I mentioned. But there is Marlon Mack there who showed in his limited chances last year behind Frank Gore that he can be an explosive playmaker. I think there's a huge potential there, but I don't know if he is a tree down back. But even with that, I think they need that offensive line to be stronger because the running backs last year struggled behind that O line as well. So I think that's the area. And I would be going either, you know, linebacker or going uh, to that offensive line in the early stage of the draft. Do you think that's it? You need to go for one of those kind of, you know, not uh, maybe not the sexiest picks, you know, at that stage where maybe the, some of the, the hometown fans will be shouting out for, but you need to go and get that, uh, you know, key piece that the team is really lacking at this point in time. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, I was actually just reading today that the Colts are expected to part ways with Dante Moncrief. Uh, yep. Does that even matter? 
Um, Moncrief is somebody who, you know, if you followed me over the last like two two off seasons, I was massive two years ago uh, on Moncrief and his ability. I think the ability is there. I always like I'm a big Eric Decker fan. Obviously, when he went last year down to the Titans, didn't really have a role for him after his injuries. But I, I've been a big fan of what he's done in the red zone, and I thought that Moncrief was somebody you know similar. Uh, you know that could do that be a kind of post up in the end zone uh, get those touchdowns and of course touchdowns mean a huge amount when you're playing fantasy football so I, I always thought it could be that but um, you know when we've seen over the last two years it just hasn't worked out whether it be injuries whether it be the quarterback being injured there's just so many things but I, I think it just at this time um, makes sense for the Colts to, to move along unless they're going to come back on a, a really cheaper contract yeah do you think he could revive his career in a new situation or uh, is he someone you're not really interested in owning for fantasy no he's somebody who can definitely uh, revive but it's going to it's going to take a little bit of time it's going to take the right fit and it's going to take a lot of work from his end uh, you know there had been reports that maybe his uh, you know attitude wasn't right there's a, a lot of things you hear from time to time come out in the media but uh, I just think that the the potential is there he's shown flashes in the past and with what he was able to do you know it wasn't to do a lot with his speed it was to do with his strength it was to do with getting into the right spots uh, into those soft spots in the defense uh, and the end zone and getting those touchdowns i think you know players can develop that more and more as their career goes along and you know he still is uh, very very young so i think there's there's hope from there but like any player once you see it starting to slip um, you know you know if the tape starts to get bad it just uh, can be a hard road back but i definitely still uh, hold out some hope but you know sometimes i hold on a little bit too long <laughs> <laughs> yeah we all do i think um, but yeah, still only 24. So hopefully he still still can make some make something happen in the NFL. Yeah, and I I always say as well that uh, you know particularly if people play in dynasty leagues, you know we used to talk about you know third year breakout uh, players after three years starting to really develop, getting that opportunity and uh, you know making use of it on the field. And now you know if we don't see anything, you know in that first first or second year, people are you know very impatient. And sometimes if you see potential in those first two years, it can take to that third, fourth, fifth year for it to really come to fruition. So we'll see we'll see what happens, and if he can bounce back, we'll uh, we'll see if that happens in twenty eighteen. Definitely. All right, let's move on to the next team in the AFC South, the Houston Texans. Uh, they actually don't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick this year. The Browns have both of their picks. Yeah. Um, they traded... Brock Osweiler. That's right. That's right. They yeah. might not be happy with that move, but I bet they're not too upset about the trade that got them Deshaun Watson after the way he played. Yep. However, they did have a pretty poor offensive line last season. Uh, Pro Football Focus gave... Every qualified Texans offensive lineman a bottom ten grade, uh, yeah. so that seems to be probably the area of biggest need for them. If you're just looking on the offensive side of the ball, uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, it's um, you know another team they're going to be competing. I think with the Colts for some of these draft picks. I think they need two offensive tackles. I think they need a guard. So a lot of work to do on that offensive line. Cornerback is an issue for them, and uh, you know Jonathan Joseph uh, mightn't be resigned, and he is 34 this offseason anyway so you know they're going to have to look there as well Marcus Gilchrist played well for the Titans last year but he uh you know tore his Patel tent and so with him hitting free agency they're unlikely to come back at safety so there is a lot of uh, question marks of course uh, if you can get JJ Watt back and Jadavion Clowney had a, a very very nice season last year I think uh defensively you're going to go as strong as that front seven works and uh you know Cushing was released this offseason so that makes a change there I think uh, you know running backs an issue for them, and it's just a, a team that it, it seems to me that they're just a little bit. They have some of the the best players in the NFL at their position. You know, they have 
JJ uh, Watt, as I mentioned, they have Jadavion Clowney. I thought Deshaun Watson had a, a really, really awesome year last year up to his injury. A year that I didn't think was sustainable, even if he did not get injured, but he showed a lot more than what I was expecting in 2017. And when he comes back now, I think uh, we'll see him develop on that. And um, anytime you have New Hopkins in your team, there's a, a huge potential for big plays. Uh, Will Fuller had a nice connection as well with Watson, something that, uh, you know, Fuller's a player, I think, is a very boomer bust player, but they were having a, a nice rapport there or a nice rapport a nice yeah. rapport getting in rapport in the show but yeah. the, the, there's just um similar to the colts i think that that old line is a key and i think nfl teams have uh, overlooked the offensive line far too long over the last uh, five or six years the the standard of play at that line has deteriorated and you see the teams that have a solid running game and are able to protect the quarterback and how that is able to help the team we've seen this year you know uh wentz was uh, well protected you know with the eagles and we've seen nick Foles well protected we've seen case keenan well protected with the vikings and the vikings were a team that had a, a very very bad uh, offensive line two seasons ago in adrian peterson's last year in minnesota uh, prior to his injuries there and everyone kind of struggled behind that line two years ago and they had a nice move this year to a positive uh, kind of transition so the offensive line is somewhere i think that we'll see teams really try and focus on but with there being uh, only so many positions to go out in the draft i think we need to see these teams go in the those first kind of three rounds if they want to scoop up some of the the top talent at those positions yeah definitely you mentioned running back there's you know one player that i really had a lot of exposure to last year that we liked a lot at rotoviz was deontay foreman and he yeah. suffered a pretty Unfortunate injury uh, tore his Achilles. Scoring a touchdown. Yes, that's right. Best way to do it. Um, you expecting him to come back and make an impact right away, or are you hoping for big things? Or should we be worried about his injury? You're a doctor, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Achilles injury is always a, a scary one. You know, really outside of the patella tendon injury, you know, that we've only really come to see in the last couple of years uh, with Victor Cruz and Jimmy Graham seems to become mm. more. Uh, commonplace now but uh the, the you know the achilles was always the one that people feared uh you know really up until maybe the last seven or eight years it was a career ender and it's hard to get you know, that explosiveness back uh, into that injury but he's somebody who at the time of his injury you know in dynasty leagues you mentioned having exposure to him i was uh, starting to scoop him up wherever i could you know i was kind of fading lamar miller and uh, trying to move into that uh, area with him but you know, it's just one of those injuries I have to wait and see. Because he finished on a strong point, unless you're playing in dynasty leagues where owners are a little bit afraid of him coming back from that injury, I think it's going to be hard to get him off the owner because I think, you know, like you mentioned, if you own him, there's you're going to have like had that exposure to him and had seen the positive progression that he was having prior to the injury. So it's just one that I think we have to wait and see, you know, in redrafts. I think uh, it's just going to be, again, sit, wait and see to see how the recovery comes along. Can he get... Uh, any time under his belt in the preseason and see, see if uh, you know he can be free from that injury it's it's a really tough one to call yeah definitely like you said I was fading Lamar Miller and really waiting for for Foreman to take over that backfield and just when it looked like he was ready to do that he suffered the injury so really unfortunate so before we get to uh, the next set of teams, we're going for the Titans. Next, I just want to tell the listeners about the Rotoviz NFL Pass, which you can get right now for a 30% discount through the Rotoviz NFL homepage, which is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription will give you unlimited access to all our NFL content and tools, and best of all, it supports the pod. So be sure and head on over and get a 30% discount now for an NFL Pass for the 2018 season at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. 
You can also help support the pod by subscribing and rating to the Rotoviz Radio Podcast channel on iTunes. If you do that, you'll be eligible to win a free entry into an FFPC league this offseason. All you have to do is head over to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and listen to a future episode to hear if you are the winner. Also, if you're interested in being in an FFPC with guys like myself, Blair, the other writers at Rotoviz and the podcast team, email us at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Let us know that you're interested and we'll get that set up and we'll have more on the FFPC a little bit later in the show. All right, let's move on to the next team. It's one of the teams that I'm most excited to see in 2018, and that's the Tennessee Titans. Um, they have a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator who's coming from the Rams, who were the highest-scoring team in the NFL last season. Yeah. So I'm hoping he'll finally unleash Mariota and we can see some real a real high-volume offense. The one area that it, I think they need to improve the most is probably their pass defense. Uh, is that, Do you see that as being a big area of need for them? Uh, I think uh, the depth that I'm inside linebacker is somewhere where they need to look uh, a little bit. Um, you know, Avery Williamson's expected to move in free agency, so we'll see what happens there. So they're, they're going to need depth. I think along the, the problem they had last year and they got exposed in the playoffs was, um, you know, against the Patriots, they dressed seven offensive linemen, or defensive linemen, sorry, and then pretty much the Patriots played uh, up-tempo offense the entire game, done those sh- short passes, and by the third quarter, the team was uh, worn out at the at the off- or defensive line position, and... Uh, they pretty much uh, got annihilated after that point. So, you know, they've cut uh, Donoris Cersei this offseason, the safety. And uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, cornerback is a, a, a worrying position for them as well as uh, trying to replace him at safety. Uh, I thought that Dory Jackson was really good last year in his rookie campaign. Uh, Logan Ryan, when healthy, was uh, pretty, pretty solid, but they didn't have much else. And uh, that's going to be uh, an area of need for them. I think it's uh, a way to go. I think they need to look at the defensive line position, like I mentioned, the depth there. Uh, you know there is some nice pieces there but they're they're all kind of getting a little bit older and I think they need to be looking uh, further down the line I think you know if you look at offensively on this team you know they're after this week cutting DeMarco Murray I think you know a smart move last year they just seemed to to just be so steadfast and going with him over Derrick Henry so Derrick Henry now should get the opportunity to be a lead back I kind of thought after they won in the playoffs against the Chiefs that Mike Malarkey would come back and that was something that I didn't want to see happen Mm -hmm. so at least we're going to see some change whether it's good or bad there's going to be a change because I think what was happening on offense was just not working so I'm hoping I'm a a big Marcus Mariota fan Uh, I'm hoping that he takes a step forward this year he was uh, you know across the board metrics wise last year in terms of his production it just uh, didn't look good he looked uh, just didn't look you know fully prepared at times when he was out there I don't know if he fully agreed with what the play call was there just was so many different things going on didn't run the ball as much as we'd expect he did uh, tear not terribly damaged a hamstring after scoring two touchdowns against the Texans last year and after that then we've seen his running really up into the playoffs limited a little bit so hopefully we'll see more of that a little bit more of the read option uh, you know the the RPO has been made uh, very popular over the last kind of four or five months with Tony Romo and, uh, of course, then the success that the Philadelphia Eagles had. So maybe we'll see them try and run a little bit of that. And, you know, when we look at the other positions, obviously now with the Marco Murray gone, Derek Henry goes into that lead-back role, but they're going to need somebody to, to be able to, you know, help him out as well. And I've seen, very interestingly, uh, Jarek McKinnon linked with them a couple of times over the last uh, 
kind of 48 hours. I think that'll be an interesting fit to have him there as a, as a third down back at change of pace. So I, I am a big Derrick Henry fan, I'm a big Marcus Mariota fan. I like a lot of guys on this offense. I still think that Richard Matthews is a buy-low candidate, uh, even after what he's done over the last couple of seasons. He had a point in the middle of the season this year where he was injured for a large majority of it. So I still think you can get him uh, relatively good value. They got Corey Davis last year, but we didn't see a huge amount out of him outside of that playoff game against the Patriots. So there is a, a, mostly on the defensive side of the ball is where I'm looking here. Uh, again, I mentioned uh, offensive line has been an issue for these teams so far. Center and guard is another uh, place that I think they, they need to uh, improve uh, here as well. So protecting that quarterback and getting that run game going is, is the key for so many teams in the NFL. And uh, there's just not going to be enough uh, offensive line players to go around in this draft and free agency. So we'll see what happens, where teams prioritize. But like you said, uh, cornerback and uh, defensive linemen are two areas I think that they need to, to look at first in this draft class. Yeah, Jarek McKinnon to the Titans would be a really interesting move. Uh, Henry's never been someone who I think was, even in college, he wasn't a pass-catching running back. So, yep. you know, McKinnon coming in, kind of a, an athletic freak who's been able to be successful in the passing game, he could carve out a nice role in Tennessee, hopefully if they if they really start kind of picking up the tempo and letting uh, Mariota throw the ball around, that would be a really, a really interesting pairing. Um so Corey Davis is another player we really liked a lot, uh, but he kind of disappointed in his rookie season. Are you uh, starting to give up hope for him, or is it more of this, <laughs> more of the impatience that we were spoiled from by the 2014 class? That's just uh, impatience across the board. I think uh, you know when you look at somebody like Corey Davis come in. Uh, I think it was a fifth overall pick last year you just have to give these guys time you know he's so young came in uh you know remember back to the combine last year uh, i believe he didn't run at the combine there was those injuries and you know those uh people expecting a lot of him you know he had 34 receptions last year 375 yards 11 yards per catch and uh you know he had no touchdowns in the regular season but the problem is if you uh, own Corey davis you're going to want uh, to keep him and if you don't own him and you're trying to acquire him people are going to remember that game against the Patriots uh, where he really went off uh, in the playoffs and just uh, somebody who just uh, stay a little bit nice and calm take your time uh, Corey Davis as a rookie I think performed quite well for the amount of time he was on the field uh, he was targeted very very heavily and I think that'll continue I think he'll be a number one wide receiver for the Titans and I think you know, if you can get him anywhere in any leagues and uh, look for him in those best ball leagues that are kicking off now and in redraft I think he's going to be uh, just a prototypical uh, number one wide receiver somebody I really like and Guys like him, guys that I, I draft early in rookie drafts, I get, I'll be giving him uh, all the way into that third or fourth year to to see how it goes. Just don't be uh, don't be panicking just yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's a lot of, uh, especially first round wide receivers that I think the fantasy community as a whole is kind of down on. In some cases, it is uh, you know properly, and people didn't cash out quick enough. Look at Kevin White. Uh, yeah. Look at you know uh, well Josh Doxson. I think still there is chance there, but you know we've seen Mike Williams. Uh, has had a little bit of time and he hasn't uh, been able to develop. You do see players come in and it just doesn't work out. For a member, like people hung on so long on uh, Doriel Green Beckham and just nothing came of that. So these things can happen that people hang on way, way too long. But, uh, you know, you need to just have that patience if you're playing the long-term game. I think a lot of it, particularly for people who play Dynasty, we've seen a huge influx, and I'm glad we've seen a huge influx of people wanting to play Dynasty leagues over the last, you know, four or five years. People going from redraft into it, and I hope that continues. But we see people take that redraft mindset over sometimes, and if it doesn't work after one year, just uh, ship those guys out. And like playing this, uh, you know, sometimes those rookies that don't have that good, uh, good first season or don't have an extremely good first season are players that are good to target in that sophomore season to see if they can step up you'll get some values in 
in your drafts this year if you if you want to look into those sort of guys. Definitely. All right, let's move on to the final team in the AFC South. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars. They uh, made the deepest playoff run of any team here. Kind of the opposite of the Colts. They they seem to be set at pretty much every position except quarterback. Now that said. <laughs> They did extend Bortles this offseason. Do you think yeah. that that's a signal that they believe in him long-term, they're committing to him, or uh, something else going on? I think it's that they think that if they moved on from him and they obviously aren't confident of getting somebody like Kurt Cousins, that maybe they just thought that they're better to, to keep hold of Blake. Even if they take a, a quarterback, you know, maybe in the mid to later rounds in this draft or take somebody in as a veteran quarterback that can challenge him, I don't think they're sold on him long-term. Uh, I'm certainly not sold in them long term. I think he's holding the team back. I think, you know, I, I think if you look at this roster last year, potentially uh, one of the strongest rosters in the entire NFL. If you look at uh, if they hadn't had the injury to Allen Robinson, you know, a very strong wide receiver position. I think the you know Mercedes Lewis isn't a, a great tight end. I think they could upgrade there, and I think they will do that this off season defensively, just uh, outstanding across the board. Um, you know, there's there's just uh, you know any team that has quarterback at the top of their list, and I know we're going to say. We uh, seen the the Eagles win the quarter or the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. We seen Case Keenum get to the NFC Championship game. You know we've seen players like and we've seen Blake Bortles in the AFC Championship game as well. So some people might start to think the quarterback position isn't as important. Obviously, you need to have the pieces around them. Good coaching is extremely extremely important, more important than I think some people uh, realize. Because I'm a Packers fan, I think coaching has let us down for the last couple <laughs> of seasons. But if you look at uh, this team, uh, Blake Bortles is holding the team back. I think, and uh, you know the the only real change uh, they've made of uh, of note so far is they, they cut Chris Ivory, who that means TJ Eldon steps in as the backup running back, and Yeldon is somebody who I like uh, as a as a player coming out, but he's going to be stuck behind uh, Fournette the rest of the way. So, but I think uh, like you mentioned, they're kind of the opposite. I think they need you know to look at tight end, like I mentioned, uh, look at wide receiver Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee are free agents. We'll see. Uh, if they sign either of them it's really up in the air at this uh, moment in time uh, I think they need to make sure they s- sign one of them um, I think I-, I like the pieces the young pieces around them at the wide receiver Keenan Cole had a nice uh, few performances last year D.D. Westbrook was good so I think they're they're set across the board you know at the running back the wide receiver position I think tight end is a pl- position they need to upgrade and obviously they signed Bartles to that contract but uh, th- there's no way they can go into the season without taking uh, either a quarterback at some point uh, in the mid to late rounds of this draft or else uh, taking in somebody in free agency. So uh, I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there was some speculation, I guess, that the Bortles extension was a way to lower his cap hit for 2018, maybe so they could... Quite quite possibly. Uh, yeah, so they could maybe keep Allen Robinson or something like that. But I think the latest I heard is that they're not planning on uh, franchising giving him the franchise tag. So he will likely be playing elsewhere. Any landing spots you really like for Allen Robinson? Uh, the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think, uh, you know, where I, I kind of thought there would be an interesting place for him to go uh, earlier in the offseason was if he landed down with the 49ers. Uh, Pierre Garçon's coming back from a neck injury last year. He landed him on IR. I thought he was very solid up to that point. Uh, they're after signing Goodwin to a, a contract extension, which I think was a smart move. I think he had a nice, uh, particularly second half of the season with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think uh, somewhere like that would be interesting. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of teams around the NFL could do with them. Another place I think would be interesting would be uh, somewhere like Kansas City. I think they could do with a real uh, true number one wideout and then have Tyreek Hill on the opposite side. You know, have Travis Kelsey playing and at the tight end position. I think, you know, there's a lot of teams like that could do like i think every team in the nfl could do with alan robinson and their team but uh, it's just to see who can pay him and where where he ends up i think i think it makes no sense 
for the Jaguars not to try and make a play to, to keep him. But uh, at the moment, it just looks like that's not the road they're going. They really like what they got from Keelan Cole, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, before moving on, let me take a minute to tell you about our friends at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. For most people, it's the off-season, but not for the FFPC. They now have almost 200 active dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single dynasty league has folded in eight years. Orphan dynasty teams are available for purchase right now. Many of these are good teams ready to compete, and startup dynasty leagues will be forming shortly, so get your name on the waiting list today. Plus, if you're ready to draft now, the FFPC best ball leagues are now open, starting at just a $35 entry fee. Don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. All right, let's move on to the other division we're going to be covering, the NFC South. Uh, this was probably one of the strongest divisions in the NFL. We had three teams with 10 or more wins, but uh, still a lot of teams need a a few more pieces to really make that final push to get over the hump and uh, maybe get back to the Super Bowl in many of these teams' cases. But uh, let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have the seventh pick in uh, the upcoming draft. Uh, 2017 was kind of, uh, I think a lot of people expected more from them. They did suffer yep. through some injuries. Winston was injured for a couple games, uh, but their biggest problem, I would say, was their defense. They were, according to DVOA, the worst defense in the league. Uh, their pass rush in particular was the worst uh, in terms of adjusted sack rate and total sacks. Uh, so do you think they'll try to address um, their pass rush this offseason? Yeah, I think uh, this is a team that needs to to move and look at the defensive end. Um, you know, outside of uh, Robert Ayers last year, nobody really pressured the quarterback. He's thirty three in September, and this is the last year of his contract. So we're gonna we're gonna have to see what he does. Uh, Noah Spence since turning you know turning in and the and the pros hasn't really done anything. He just has one sack in twenty seventeen. Then he was uh, on injured reserve last year after six games. So I think like uh, that is a real real area of weakness for this team um, you know last year's results we can see teams turned around very very quickly based from one year to the other I mentioned earlier in the show with the Vikings and the offensive line but it's a little bit of a theme of the show here uh, Blair and you know it's offensive line again mm-hmm. I think this team needs to really upgrade at uh, left tackle I think last year as well a huge problem for them was the coaching I think the coaching just was uh, very very below standard if you look at the rest of the teams in the division the coaching uh, was superior and above uh, average uh, throughout the season but this team was a team that really struggled so far this offseason they have caught uh, Doug Martin uh, at running back obviously saves them quite a bit against the cap and then they also have caught uh, defensive tackle Chris Baker so you know I'm looking here at a team that needs uh, to look at the running back position they just uh, failed uh, a lot of the time I'd say the a couple of games last year to run the ball and um, the offensive line was a, a struggle but not for running the ball it's not the reason I'm looking at offensive line for them it's because like with Andrew Luck like with teams that have uh, had a lot of trouble protecting the quarterback this uh, the, over the last couple of years the Bucks did so as well and failed to protect Jameis Winston and they paid the price for it when he got hurt on multiple occasions it just has been a, a position the left tackle position in, in particular in this one that has been a real train wreck for them 
uh, second round pick from uh, a couple of years ago donovan smith has been a, a real failure in the nfl through his first two years maybe like uh, we talked about the wide receiver position maybe he'll turn around but the left tackle position is somebody at that blind side of the quarterback that you cannot just afford to take two three years to see if they can develop fair enough if you have a veteran and you can have that guy that comes in and he tries to develop behind him but the bucks over the last couple of years their draft picks have really uh, struggled for them you know remember back to taking roberto guayo i believe it was in the mm-hmm. second round a couple of seasons ago they just have had you know some some very bad high picks and uh, donovan smith another second round pick so Jameis Winston needs to be protected, like Andrew Luck needs to be protected, especially at that blindside position. So I think key for them is left tackle. And I think, you know, if they, do, if they don't go left tackle early in the draft, the only other positions, maybe, maybe defensive end, but I think they can get them later in the draft. I think they need to go cornerback. Uh, you know, it's just a position as well where they have uh, struggled over the last couple of seasons. So I think cornerback and left tackle uh, are, are two areas really of weakness for them. And it's a deep running back class. So I think they'll take a running back maybe after that, maybe maybe in the fifth round onwards maybe day three but uh that's another area they need to need to address yeah they definitely struggled to run the ball last season um you know peyton barber kind of came on late did some did some things uh quiz rogers was he showed some flashes of being okay um but yeah speaking of Bad no, draft no picks. Real, they also no, took no, no real standout guy that you think that's uh, you know going to be the stud for them in, in 2018. No, exactly. I uh, was hoping it would be Jeremy McNichols, but he's long gone. Yeah, um, yeah it didn't last too long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, are there any running back prospects that you think would be a good fit in this offense? Like I mentioned, I think there's a glaring weaknesses higher up the board. Unfortunately, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a little bit I think there's hope for the Colts. Uh, I mentioned earlier with the change in regime, but the Buccaneers sometimes seem like me seem to me like they want to go and just fill that skill position player rather than look at what you need to have. You know, you need to have a good structure in your team. You know, the left tackle is a key position. You need to have cornerbacks that are able to lock down opponent. Uh, wide receivers and sometimes teams like the Buccaneers might overview that and think yeah let's get the running back let's get that three down running back and go for a running back earlier in the draft like you know at that seventh pick and I think that'll be a disaster for this team I think you need to be looking you know later on like fourth fifth round for these uh, guys and it's it's really hard to call at this point in time you know before the pro days and so on who's going to really be in that range so uh, you know but I just think it's a it's a key not to really go too early and you know dive in I think uh, like you said last year with the players that they had in there with Barber uh, you know with Jaquiz Rogers it's a position that they were able to fill last year with a kind of a, a bunch of guys that they took in and uh, either free agency or late in drafts and uh, I think they'll probably go in a similar situation this year but hopefully they'll be able to to find a diamond in the rough and uh, be able to hit on that. Yeah that's a great point I mean we saw the Cowboys and the Jaguars both take early running backs in the last two drafts but they both had already strong offensive lines in place yeah, already they, strong they, rosters and other at other uh you know really across the board so well it, maybe the cowboys didn't have as much strength and depth at the the run or at the defensive side of the ball but they had <laughs> a plan right. in place you know they had that but they had the offensive line you know we knew the offensive line was there from demarco murray you know we knew what they had there so it was able to plug them in change the whole uh, approach with just run the ball keep the defense off the field when we've seen the jaguars and they did make improvements last year at the offensive line and took in like their plan then was after they did the draft was clear that that was the way they wanted to go run the ball kind of take the ball out of blake bartle's hands and uh, be able to move the ball that way but i don't think this box seems set up like that you have james winston you have mike evans you know i think they want to be able you know they took uh, oj howard last year i think they want to be able to go in throw 
ball around the field and uh, try and move the ball that way. Last year, their biggest problem for me was they never wanted to take that short 10-yard pass, take that 8-yard pass, 11 other down. They were trying to get, you know, 20, 30, 40 yards in plays, trying to go for the home run every time. And I think that was an area that hopefully this year they, they take into it, that they go play, play it a little bit of a, a more long game, be able to run the ball, go for those short uh, passes and short completions and just keep moving the ball. It felt like last year they were just going for going deep all the time and it just didn't work out. They had no rhythm in their offense. And, uh, you know, I think, like we mentioned uh, at left tackle, uh, there is other bigger areas for this team to improve. They also need to look a little bit at guard as well. So to get everything in place, you know, it'll not be one off season for this team. But, uh, you know, if if they work at some of the other areas, I think Jameis Winston uh, and the rest of the skill position players on offense will be able to, you know, work in another running back like we, even if it is somebody like a Jaquiz Rogers or a a Barber to, to help move this team forward. Yeah, all right. Well, like you said, they're not going to probably be able to turn this around in one season, and in part that's because of uh, the competition they face in their own division. Uh, so let's get to the next team, uh, the Carolina Panthers. They went 11-5 and last season. Um, they have the 24th pick. After trading Kel- Kelvin Benjamin to the Bills, they didn't really have any wide receivers besides Funchess. He was the only receiver on their team, only wide receiver on their team to get yeah. 50 targets. Uh, they did just trade for Torrey Smith, so whoop whoop. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to add pass catchers, but uh, I don't know if I don't know if that's enough to really to really give Cam Newton more quality targets yeah. to throw to. Uh, do you think they'll still try to address the wide receiver position? Oh yeah, wide receiver is the the number one area I think in this team that they they need to improve. Obviously, Smith coming in, I'll talk a little bit about him in a moment, but. Uh, I think it's an area. Devin Funches, I don't think he's just that legitimate number one. Like, we talked earlier about Moncrief, and I, I like Funches, and I've really grown on him over the last kind of, I would say, 12 months. But it feels to me like that uh, Dante Moncrief kind of player, but he's just getting those targets, getting those opportunities to get in the end zone and, you know, post up, make those uh, high point catches and develop that way. But uh, Curtis Samuel, they took him in last year in the draft, just hasn't really uh, had the opportunity yet. You know, again, stay patient, see what happens this year get him more involved in the offense you know Christian McCaffrey McCaffrey came in last year don't need to worry about the running back they do need to take somebody in obviously because they have cut uh, Jonathan Stewart at the running back position they cut Court Coleman the safety as well and Charles Johnson the defensive end so they have made some moves they've traded uh, Daryl Woodley to the uh, Eagles for Tory Smith like you mentioned as well so a lot of little different parts they need to work at the uh, left tackle as well on this team uh, cornerback and safety I think they have a lot of problems at defense on the defensive side of the ball safety defensive end cornerback so I think I think I'd be looking wide receiver and then looking uh, you know to the defensive side of the ball. I would have no problem if they do it in the other way, go defense first and then work it around. Especially with taking Samuel in last year, if they're thinking of him as uh, you know the player that can be there for the future, maybe they'll they'll go defensive side first. But you mentioned Tory Smith. I think that's an interesting one because although not the most talented player in the world, remember back to Ted Ginn being there two years ago. Look at Ted Ginn with the Saints. Tory Smith isn't you know the most. Uh, he's not the most uh, I, I wouldn't have the most confidence in him with his hands catching the ball similar to Ted Ginn hmm. but there's no doubt about his uh, speed and his ability to take the top off the defense so if you have a, a big bodied wide receiver like a Devin Funches and then you have Torrey Smith and that uh, it could be you know there's just there's enough intrigue there you know I, I, I was fully out on Torrey Smith but this one did just uh, park up my interest a little bit maybe maybe I'll take a few uh, you know take a few lottery tickets on him this uh, offseason and see see how it works out yeah i was kind of hoping curtis samuel would step into that ted Ginn role, but 
uh he never really he never really did much um so yeah. but again again it's one year let's let's give him time well yeah right um <laughs> it's clearly a role the panthers you know like having on the field so uh yeah. the tory smith signing does make sense uh in that way uh i think i'm probably with you on devin funches i'm not completely sold on him as a top target for a team but yeah i don't know i mean i think uh you know i let Christian McCaffrey got a lot of criticism because he wasn't really a very efficient runner, but he was actually better in terms of efficiency than Jonathan Stewart uh, last year. So, you know, part of me thinks they, if they could make some upgrades on their offensive line, they would be a lot more successful running the ball. I think a lot of that too comes uh, down to play call. They mentioned with the Buccaneers as well. I think this team was looking a lot at the, you know, when they had Ted Ginn, uh, and they were looking at times last year, was that, you know, get try and get Cam to hit that deep ball. That's why I think Tory Smith could be interesting. One thing Cam does well is he can pretty much throw the ball the length of the field, and whether that's, uh, you know, on target. We've seen it time and time again two seasons ago when he kept getting the ball to Ted Ginn, but Ginn kept, you know, I would say two years ago, Ginn maybe dropped four or five long touchdowns that most wide receivers, if they were in that position, would catch easily. But hmm. the problem is they don't have the speed to get into those positions. So I think taking... Uh, Taking in Smith is a good decision, but I think running the ball last year was just a problem for this team in general. Outside of Cam Newton, um, the, it just wasn't the strength. Newton ran the ball uh, pretty, pretty damn well last year uh, overall, but I just think that uh, as a whole, uh, it was a problem for this team, not just the actual running backs. Cam Newton's uh, completion percentage last year uh, was you know, pretty much on his career average, but it was fi- 59.1%, which just you know isn't ideal for a quarterback. Uh, then he had uh, passing wise uh, 3300 yards 22 touchdowns 16 interceptions so there's a lot to be improved if he can improve his passing game try and get he's not going to get back to that mvp level he had a couple of years ago but if he can you know be a little bit more balanced complete uh some more of his passes uh that's that's the way this team needs to go in terms of running the ball i thought uh, i mentioned earlier uh, a really really good season from that perspective so if they can get the balance right uh getting that balance has been something that has been uh, tough for them in the past. And again, it was tough for them last year. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to the next team, the Atlanta Falcons. They made a fairly deep run in the playoffs, or uh, they beat the Rams, a team I think a lot of people expected them maybe not to beat. But um, they, well, they have three free agents on their defensive line in Don Terry Poe, Claiborne, Adrian Claiborne, and Courtney Upshaw. So uh, they're probably not going to be able to keep all three. So they might want to upgrade or at least uh, add pieces to the defensive line to kind of keep them at the same level. So, yeah, what do you think they need to do to really kind of get back to uh, being a Super Bowl team? Yeah, Defensive tackle uh, and the defensive line, like you mentioned, is uh, where I think they need to go early in this draft, try and address some of the uh, issues across there. They they did really improve two seasons ago on both sides of the ball. You know, they, they talked about wanting to get tougher in the trenches, and I think they really achieved that in the year they got to the Super Bowl. There was a major, major uh, improvement from that side of things. So I think that's somewhere where they'll try and uh, refocus, reevaluate this offseason and improve in those positions. You mentioned, you know, beating uh, the Rams, and they almost uh, beat the Eagles, you know, play call on the side. Last year, that was something with them, you know, uh, Steve Sarkeesian came in. There was a lot of questions around it. The team obviously weren't going to hit the highs that they did uh, the year before when you know they were the best offense in the NFL. But they, there were some just uh, games along the way that really uh, those those questions to be answered for how the team uh, performed and how the play calls 
uh, were handled. So we'll see what see you know in the second year if they can improve there. I think wide receiver as well is somewhere where they can look. Uh, you know, Mohamed Sanu is serviceable, but I think if they could have somebody a little bit uh, better uh, across from Julio Jones would open things up. And uh, you know, and in the slot, there's a lot of things. I like uh, I like Hooper the tight end, but. There's just so many question marks outside of Julio. They have Julio. Behind that, then, there's kind of a cast of characters that all could be upgraded upon. So I think wide receiver is an area where they might look, and uh, then cornerback uh, is another area they can look at. But it's pretty much every team in the NFL can look at uh, cornerback. They, you know, mm-hmm. Last year, we had uh, Trufant and Jalen Collins, but you know, it looked like we were going to have a, a really strong pair in there at the position, but then uh, Collins was uh, cut uh, for his off the field issues, so they obviously needed somebody in there across from Trufant. So let's see what they do. But uh, defensive end, defensive tackle, uh, the key key position here for the Falcons. I think the question everyone in the fantasy community wants to know is: Is this the year we finally get to see Tevin Coleman really break out? Well, uh, Coleman, uh, last year I remember recording uh, in the RV thirty two series talking with Jenna Thomas about uh, the Falcons, talking about Coleman. Could he be, could he break out? And we were kind of both thinking, yeah, he could really overtake uh, Devontae Freeman this off season. And that was the actual day. Just about, I would say about fifteen minutes after finishing recording that, uh, Freeman signed that contract. So <laughs> yeah. uh, wh- when you see those contracts, they're rewarding that player. I tend to buy into what the team is putting into the player in terms of money, in terms of contract. A lot of running backs don't get that big second contract. And last year, we kind of thought that if Freeman didn't get it, you know, Coleman could really step up to the fore. But uh, Coleman's somebody who I really like. He has that home run threat. Uh, I just, I like him, you know, good pass catcher. Lots and lots of positivity uh, around him. But again, he has that player in Devontae Freeman in front of him. But if you have two solid players like that, you know, we're a change in time in the NFL, change in time in fantasy football, you need to look at, we used to think if there was a committee and there was two players in the backfield, that was a disaster. Now, if you only have two players in the backfield, that is a real positive because unless mm-hmm. you have a three-down workhorse and there isn't a lot of them in the NFL, when you look around, you know, you have Zeke, you had Fournette last year. Yeah, there's guys like that are just getting all the goal line work, all the, the third down work, everything's going their way, but there's not many of those in the NFL. So both these guys in this backfield are, both guys I'm going to want to own last year or this year coming, and because Coleman's going to have that uh, lower price, he's somebody in redraft leagues that I'm going to be uh, owning. And you mentioned exposure to a couple of players earlier. Uh, Tevin Coleman, somebody that I have uh, on a lot of my dynasty rosters, and uh, I'm still I'm still pretty happy. Whether for the Falcons it works out or whether he moves on uh, after his rookie contract is up, which I believe is up after this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I think there's uh, I think he's still going to be a really solid NFL running back. Yeah, one of the things that was really disappointing about this situation last season was uh, you saw it especially when Devontae Freeman missed those couple games. Uh, Tevin Coleman was basically the only back in the backfield, and I think he maybe had one or two targets over two games. Yeah, Like they just don't throw to the running backs under Sarkeesian at all. Um, so it almost makes me wish that Coleman would go elsewhere where they're going to use him. Yeah, it really was a change from uh, what we were used to with Kyle Shanahan, who was pretty much thrown mm-hmm. to the the running backs all the time, thrown thrown to the fullbacks, you know, getting them involved <laughs> as well. So I think uh, we're going to look at it. We're going to see. I think there's going to be a lot of maybe not huge changes, but subtle changes. We've seen like it, it takes time to to you know 
get used to the offense. We've seen with Kyle Shanahan two years ago. It took uh, a couple of seasons for the team really to click and to understand what he wanted to do in terms of his concepts. I know the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo seem to get it very, very sharply, but it just takes time to get the players you know, into that mindset to know exactly where to line up, get everything just clicking and in sync. And I think last year we might have seen a situation where the two offenses from the year before when they got to the Super Bowl and Steve Sarkeesian's offense were kind of clashing. They weren't fully integrated in. Maybe this year we'll see a little bit of a, you know, I'm willing to give him a little bit of time and see how it goes this year. He was still a young play caller. It was his first year calling the NFL, I believe, last year. And I think we'll we'll see a, a more rounded offense this year. So maybe we'll see an uptick because in the NFL at the moment, you just have to have those uh, options to, you know, try and target the running backs uh, and, and the passing game as well. It's just too many opportunities to not be doing it. So we'll see what happens. And, and I remember those two games, we were really, you know, DFS in particular, where <laughs> everyone was on Tevin Coleman. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But like I said, sometimes it does take that time where they have to, to move away, whether it's a play caller, whether it's the situation in the team, just to, to get that opportunity. And uh, I, I'm interested to see. I'm still, uh, I think there's a lot of players in this Falcons team this year that could be uh, by low candidates uh, after, you know, the drop off uh, from uh, last season to the season before. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in quite a few of them. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Julio is now, you know, almost always a second round pick, which, would have been hard to believe this time last year, but yeah, get him while you can. Uh, I, I, I still hold out hope for Julio to have one of those, you know, top five NFL seasons of all time uh, coming <laughs> in with the touch. The touchdowns have been the one thing that's kind of not been there for him, but hopefully we'll see that. Uh, I'm, I'm still I'm still looking for that big, big Jones year before he, before he calls it quits. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, moving on to the final team in the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they were one of the... I guess pleasant surprises, at least in terms of defenses. Uh, you know, they've been one of the teams that we, in the past, you've always wanted to start your wide receivers and your quarterback against. But last season, they really turned it around and had one of the pa- best pass defenses uh, in the league. Um, Drew Brees is a free agent, but I'm pretty sure everyone expects him to still be in New Orleans. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I can't see it changing on that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I guess where do you think the the Saints will focus on? What do they need to do to to uh, you know get back to the Super Bowl before Breeze retires? Yeah, I think this this maybe two years left, but I think this could be the the last run for Breeze. And last year really felt like a year where they were going to get there, and then obviously that kind of miracle play, Stefan Diggs catching the touchdown against them, and uh, and Minnesota obviously killed that dream. But they just. Uh, strength-wise and what they need to improve i think linebackers in the area they need to to work uh, the defense was much much better really jump forward last year uh, Ale- uh this is one that i'm going to try and say alex anzalone uh, <laughs> will be back from injury this year it's a, a tough one to say but you know he might uh, be able to improve the linebacker position but i think they need another player to come in anyway at minimum to start in along beside him back injuries can be tough to recover from so maybe they need to look at the depth there and uh, i think in the draft I think that's their priority to get that linebacker position sorted up. I think they uh, really just, the cornerback really improved last year. Very, very impressed with how they done. I remember the first few weeks of the season, just kind of know how people target the, the Saints defense. We're looking at them and just the, the leap forward we kind of seen after maybe three, four weeks, it really was a team that had improved so, so much. Uh, I think guard is a position they need to improve. Uh, it's always tough, you know, having that smaller uh, quarterback behind the offensive line but again you can get him out of the pocket it hasn't been an issue for Breeze and his career Kenny Vaccaro has been a, a solid defensive back for them in, in recent years but he's a free agency so 
So I think uh, Vicaro is going to be moved on, but they, they have signed uh, Kurt Coleman, so that's a positive there at the safety position. I just I just loved this team last year. They, they were my favorite team in the NFL to watch, just what they were doing at running back with Ingram, uh, you know, with Kamara coming in, with Drew Brees, the way he was playing, kind of a, a late uh, surge in his career. And uh, Michael Thomas, who I just think is uh, up there with the best in the NFL, the wide receiver position, just love watching him as a player, how he's developed over his first two years in the league. I think he's somebody who, for the foreseeable future, the next five, six years, is just going to be an absolute stud at the wide receiver position. So another position I think that they, they really can look at here, uh, you know, obviously they, they traded Jimmy Graham a couple of years back. They tried Kobe Fleener. He's been at Boston Free Agency. They just have really haven't had any solid contributor at that position over the last uh, two seasons so I think that's uh, an area they can look at but I think that's somewhere where they might look in free agency rather than the draft. Young tight ends I always say are a tough prospect to, to expect to come in in that first year and to have that major impact straight away and I think if you're looking at Drew Brees if he has a one or two year window you have to look at somebody who can come in and do it straight away and no, somebody like you know. If they, I know they've had the Boston Kobe Fleener coming in in free agency, and obviously this next guy I'm going to mention has had a huge amount of injury history uh, and problems like that. But if they had somebody come in there like a Tyler Eifert, a red zone threat, I think that would just be an awesome, awesome pairing to get him in there with Drew Brees for a season or two and see what they could do, uh, kind of try and replace what they had with Jimmy Graham. So that would be an interesting pairing for me. I think you, you need to look at that though in free agency rather than the draft. But linebacker for me is uh, is the key here uh, for the Saints and in, in the draft. A breeze to Eifert connection would be really uh, amazing if if Eifert could stay healthy. I really like the sound of that. Um, yeah, I've him, I've I've him for uh, another team. Either one of these teams, I expect him to add, uh, add up on, and it's either uh, the Jaguars or the Saints. So one of those two teams need an upgrade at the tight end position. I think they would be both uh, very very solid fits uh, in yeah. free agency. Yeah. Well, we saw what what Breeze did when Graham was uh, with the Saints. Graham, of course, I think is expected to, he's not expected to be with the Seahawks next year, is he? They're expected to let him go. Any chance of a reunion? I don't know. I think it might be, you know, I think it might be a damaged uh, relationship. Remember back to the time when he was traded, it seemed to be, Drew Brees said he didn't know about it, but uh, whether he did or didn't is, uh, you know, probably something that (laughs) Drew Brees might take to the grave with him. But uh, I just think that it's a a frayed relationship. It'll be an interesting one to see, but I I feel that uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um yeah, you mentioned Camara. He of course had, you know, just an amazing season, one of the most efficient Incredible. running back seasons uh ever. It would be hard for him to I think reproduce the season <laughs> in terms of efficiency, but yeah. is there a path for him to get more work? There's a path for him to get more work. There is a path for him to score as many points as he did this year. I talked with Matt Kelly on the Roto Underworld podcast uh, maybe 6 weeks ago maybe and talked about him and the way that he does it again is that he gets more work and he gets more repetitions, gets more carries, gets more catches. The catches might be hard to top, but I think he'll get around the same level, but needs to get more time carrying the ball to get... I, he's not going to be as efficient. There's no way he's going to do that this year unless he becomes the greatest runback of all time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let's re-evaluate uh, re, re, uh, what we're thinking here. And I think he can hit the peak that he did last year, but... You know, it's very, very hard to do the efficiency metric that he did last year. I think we're going to see him have a little bit of a, a drop-off in terms of that efficiency, but I think then he's going to get the opportunity to to have more uh, r- rushes with the ball, catch more passes, and uh, get more red zone work. I think the problem's going to be for him is, you know, we see him last year uh, take, take you know, short passes to the house, and, you know, you just can't do that year on year, and it's just it's, it's something that I'm not expecting him to do. But, you know, if we get 
75% of what he did last year, he's still uh, going to be one of the top running backs in 2018. So somebody who, the only problem with them, I loved watching him. I loved having him on my rosters. I didn't have him on enough rosters. And uh, the problem that I have uh, with him going in here is that, you know, I expect him to be a, at latest a late first round pick. I think he'll be a mid first round pick in most leagues and redraft. And I just don't think that uh, I'll be I'll be buying in at that price. So I don't expect him to be in many of my lineups, but I, I do expect him to have a huge, huge year again. Yeah, in early best ball leagues on draft, I think he's a top five pick right now. So yeah. hard to so not, not hard to get him. Teams. Hard to hard to swallow that price. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's edition of the RotoViz Draft Series for Colin Kelly. I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Draft Series. Please rate and review the RotoViz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz at a 30% discount through the RotoViz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Cigs don't burn tobacco leaves, and they come in lots of flavors. That's what tobacco companies tell you. Here are three things tobacco companies don't say. One, many teens don't know their flavored e-cigs have nicotine. Two, nicotine is a poison that can rewire the teen brain. Three, 80% of kids who tried vaping did it because of the flavors. So even when it tastes like candy, nicotine is brain poison. Go to flavorshookkids.org for more. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.